There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is powered by SportString. Your digital water cooler. Hey, y'all. My guest today is a friend, a sister, a teammate, a soror, a basketball broadcaster, and an inspiration. Bobby Kelsey has 22 years of coaching, including in the WNBA. She epitomizes the fierce mindset. Oh, yeah. Letting you know that in this episode, we had some technical difficulties. Little technology, y'all. 
So we lost a bit of the conversation. So the podcast begins in the middle of Bobby's story about how she tore her ACL two times. Enjoy, goats. How difficult it was to go through that, tearing your ACL your senior year for the second time and what where you were with your mental health. Uh, yeah, it was hard. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say it. Well, and then some people like that. Yeah. And they shouldn't be. And those are the teams that don't win. They have the talent, but they don't have the intangibles. And we had that. And that's why we won a lot. Because we didn't care who was doing it. We were happy for whoever. Because we knew our time was coming too. And I never felt like anybody on that team was jealous. I just never felt it. I just, maybe they were, I don't know. But I just never felt it. I didn't. I felt genuinely everybody on those teams were happy when somebody else did well. Because we all benefited from it. And they would always throw it back, my teammates, my teammates. And that made you feel like, man, yeah, they're getting all the attention right now, but they surely recognize that we were out here, you know, helping them get that. And so to this day, I think that's why we all pretty still tight. We don't talk all the time, but you know, if you needed something, we come and running. You know that. You should. Yeah. And um, I feel bad for people that don't get to experience that. And we had an institution like Stanford. So we're getting a great education. Um, we own a fantastic team. We got each other's backs at all times. And we can leave saying, you know what? It didn't maybe go individually my way every time, but man, I do it again with these same people because I love them. And I know they got my back as I got theirs. Oh, I'm going to cry. I know. I'm tearing up too, Val. <laughs> I want to see that letter. That that letter. That That's a... Um... I don't know how old she was when she wrote that, but that's a very mature um, letter to write for someone that age. And I think I was, that class, Jamila, Charmin, you know, Vanessa, I think they were in that class, Nygaard, who's the coach at uh, Phoenix Mercury, head coach. And a lot of these ladies at the WNBA office, um, Jamila works there with uh, Amy Wistafel, that was a walk-on. Mm-hmm. I can go down the line, Christy Hedgepath is there. She was- yep behind you but in front of me um yeah Jamila was young but she was so talented and and carried herself so well because she has a story you know her brother and all of that and that's a, maybe you have her on the podcast and she got a story I'm man. about that if I can get in wow. touch with her she's so busy yeah she is but she do it for you Val you know that you know she do it for you and I can get you in touch with her if you need to but um I would love that Amy too. She got a story, man. She's she's like right under day Adam Silver, the NBA. Man, this girl is, and she was a walk on. I know. Like, I mean, you you got some fantastic people to draw from. But uh, at any rate, she was young, but she's you never know your actions and what you do when no when you think nobody's watching. If you can just hang in there and be positive, you can just. And when you're having a bad day, have it. Don't deny yourself a bad day, but don't bring other people down. But ask for help if you need it. I was one that I could figure it, navigate it. I can get through it. Not that I need help, but I just prime, you know, I just could get myself course corrected. But being around you guys and knowing you had my back, it helped me to do that on my own. You know, it helped me um, because I knew y'all were there and 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 recognized the hard work and what I was going through. It wasn't like was she just over there. You know, you included, uh, kept me included, kept me engaged and all of that. So I didn't do it by myself, but most of the time, 24 hours a day, you with yourself. You can never get away from you. So if you don't like yourself, 
you either got to get some help to figure out that you're a great person. You're here for a reason. And not do something bad to yourself like that young lady did. You know, I hate that. Not blaming her, but a little bit mad at her. She didn't. Man, it, it's, we love you. Come on. Let's help, let, let us help you. Let us be there. But I realize some people just don't know how to do it. They just don't. And that's the sad part. Because we left behind the wonder. Yes. The biggest puzzle. The biggest one. And only she could give answers and she's not here. So, yeah. And, and we we long gone from Stanford, but we feel it because we, we love the school. You know, it, it did a lot for our lives, you know. Um, not that you can't get a great education somewhere else, but I can't live some other person's experience at another school. I could just live the one I had with the people I had it with, you know. So I'm always going to support the, the 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 athletics and the people that go there, even if they don't. I don't know them. If, you know, we long gone, but we still all Stanford at the, at the end of the day. And so I wanted to cry because I didn't even know her. But, you know, like, man, seemingly she had everything that we could see, but maybe not. Because obviously she didn't think so. Well, you've coached at you know, numerous numerous programs and had an impact on so many young people um, besides Stanford. Did yeah. you have a favorite school? You know what? All of them were. And I, I don't say that to be just not answering the question, but I just gained something from all of them. Um, I started at Boise State, and I'd never been uh, the head coach at the time, uh, Trisha Lamb Stevens. Stevens, okay. Stevens. Um, she had just gotten a job because June Doherty, who un unfortunately passed away, um, got another job. And so Trisha got moved up, and she interviewed me in the airport. They were on their way to a foreign trip. and. She said, can you meet me at the airport? I said, yeah. She said, you want the job? I said, yeah. She said, okay, I'll see you in June. And she ran <laughs> out to the gate. <laughs> that sounds like her. Yeah. She said, okay, see you in June. And she waited and was running to the gate. <laughs> I was like, no, that was weird. But she had known of me. I didn't play with Trisha, but of course she was on the team. So at any rate, um, yeah, I coached at many different schools. Boise State was one. And then I went on to um, Florida, University of Florida. And that was very different, you know. Gator, Gator Nation, man, they, you know, so, and then uh, after Florida, I was there for two years, and then I went to Western Carolina, no, I went to, uh, yeah, Western Carolina, which is a little school in Colorway, North Carolina, kind of tucked in the mountains, and we, I, now I had the most from, from there as an adult, a working adult, I, it's just the athletic department, we, we just would all get together, and it was a smaller school, so you didn't have all the media and all the social, nobody could really record you at the time, it wasn't none of that. What what were you doing, baby? Hey, 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 what happens in Colorway stays in Colorway. We case this is a, this is a G show, G rated. We <laughs> no, oh, we had a good time because the staff was very um, supportive. All the sports, the AD, we you know house. Somebody would throw a little party at the house or do a little Halloween party, you know, theme party, and, and everybody would participate. So it made it fun. So anyway, I had the, I had the most fun at Western Carolina. I, I'm not going to even lie. And then from there, I went to uh, Evansville. No football. Basketball is king in Indiana. Hmm. Right? Evansville, Indiana. The aces with the sleeves. The men used to wear the sleeves. You know, they were the last ones to not wear sleeves on the men's side. And uh, I had fun there. That was, And I met some good people there. I met some family, like people I didn't know, but they became like family there. Uh, pastor, and he married me and my husband, you know, oh, wow. uh, years later. Um, so every stop. And then from there, I went to uh, Virginia Tech. 
And that's what, so again, you had a big school again, you know, football and, and Virginia Tech was fun. Uh, and then from there, I went back to Stanford. Had the chance to go back and work with the team. We went to four Final Fours in a row. Couldn't get that championship, but Pat Summit, that was her last championship in 08 before she passed. And, and that's Candace Parker, uh, senior year. And we wanted to get it, but we couldn't get it. And then I had an opportunity to get, be a head coach at Wisconsin. And that was a challenge. It didn't work out, but that's okay. How 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 was the pressure um, different from being a head coach and being oh that, that, those six inches from from the assistant seat to the head seat is a different. It's a long trip. It's six inches, but it's a it's a, it, But you know what? Again, you take the challenge. Many people fail. The, the people that's the most successful failed a lot until they weren't. You know, and it's not a failure. It's learning. You don't fail, you learn. Uh, it's not an indictment on you as a person. It just didn't work out. You can go to the next thing. But the pressure is there. But it's a good pressure because you can make it your own. You call the shots, and everybody thinks it's, it's easy because they're not in that chair. I don't know it's easy. I, 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 I felt the pressure coaching my son when he was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not easy. No. <laughs> but people that make it look easy, the Tars of the world, the Don Staley's yeah. of the world, the the Genos of the world, the Muffets and you know, but it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, but it's good pressure because if you like to be in charge, which I do, I like to call my shots. Good or bad, I call them. I don't blame nobody because I got to call them. Um, people will criticize you for that. Oh, you failed, you got fired. Well, you never got hired. Hey, buddy, you, they didn't even hire you to get fired. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Like, people love, they love the, 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 your biggest critics never did what you did. The ones that say they can play and they can do all this stuff didn't even make their junior varsity team. Goodbye. Like, you know, but if you let those people get to you, and we all are human. Everybody got a threshold. You know, some can take on a little bit more and others, you know, they crumble under the pressure. Um, so it wasn't that um, I thought I couldn't do it because remember I said in the beginning, I always thought I could. Anything I do, I think I can. I'm like that little train. I just think I can. And if I don't, I don't I don't make it a personal thing. It just didn't fit. And so I can I can leave those places OK. Because the one that they didn't like me. If they if they liked me, you got to win the games. And and many things occurred that did, if I had to do it over, I would do some things different, some things the same. But if I was meant to be there, God would have me there. Yeah, I was there for a season, a reason, and 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 it was time to move on. And sometimes when you don't move, He moves you. Because I would stay, you know. But the, but then all the things that happened after. Every time I got fired, something great happened afterwards. And we can get to that, but because yeah. I did a lot of things after I got fired. I know I have some questions. Yeah, and you know you know the bio, so I'll let you ask the questions. But um, yeah, do you have a most memorable coaching moment? I have a couple of them. Uh, being able to go back to Stanford was fun because when you play in a program, you get to go back and 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 help it be successful. We didn't get the the, the big prize, but we 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 got as close as you can get, which is the final four and no championship games. So I'm I'm really happy about that. But when I went to the LA Sparks, I got a chance to go and coach Candace Barker, Neko Gumake, Elena Beard, 
Chelsea Gray. Oh, I love Chelsea uh, Gray. Yeah, yeah, some of them, big, you know, uh, the people you see still playing. Um, man, that was fun. And even though I was insistent, I was the head coach for about 30, 40 minutes. What happened? When the head coach got kicked out. Oh, Brian, I, I, Brian, Brian Eggers got kicked out the game. <laughs> what did he say? What did he do? He did too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick story. I'm going to try to make it quick. Um, as an assistant, you know, you always thinking, you know, you preparing. You, you, if, if, if God forbid something happened, he got sick or something, somebody got to coach the team. And that's what you there as an assistant to do. Um, but Brian, Brian was very intense. As anybody that's played for Brian Agler, he was a long-time coach in the ABL and in the WBA and very, very successful, won some championships. I didn't know Brian before I got the job. Um, I knew Amber Stocks that worked for Brian and I coached her sister at Florida years ago. You see how things come yeah. full circle? Yeah. And I could, I didn't know Amber personally, personally, but I knew her sister. And when she left to go do something else, that position was open. Um, and I got a chance to get in there because, and Brian, see how, the, see, this is how things work. You never know. When I was a coach at Wisconsin, his daughter went to Indiana. So even though I didn't know Brian, I'd never met him. I'd seen him from far, knew who he was. He he knew of me because I coached in, I coached against Indiana. So he had seen me in action. He he'd seen my demeanor. He saw my my coaching style. I, I don't think we beat him that maybe those games, all those games, but he saw something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's how I got to LA. I, out of all the people he could have picked, I, I got a chance. And I felt like I really and he's told he's told me this, you know, his personality is very intense, but I could I can adapt. I can adapt to a lot of different personalities because I had my whole career. So anyway, we play in Dallas, uh, Dallas. Uh, what's that? Wings. When Liz Cambage is on the team and uh, oh, they had some studs. I forget who's on the team at the time. And they were beating us. And Brian was mad. He was upset. He's kicking the bleachers. I mean, he's kicking the scores table. He, you know, the, the refs was like, that's enough, coach. That's enough. You know, and I, and I turned to his son, Bryce, who was on the bench. Bryce was on the bench? Yeah. I, I saw him and he was like 10 years old. Yeah. Bryce Agler on the bench. And, and Tanya Edwards was too. Story, very good Tennessee player. We were all assistants. But I turned to uh, Bryce. I said, your daddy going to get kicked out. Just watch. He going to get kicked out this game. And sure enough, about five minutes later, he said one more thing. And that ref teed him up. You got to go. <laughs> so I'm next up, you know. However, the dynamics of the staff were, I, I that game, I I was the one that would had to finish the game. And we down by eight. And, of course, you got some strong personalities in these huddles now. You got the, these pros. It is not like college now. They can't spark know the game now. She know it. And if they don't have confidence in what you're saying, they're not listening to you. But I felt they did. They trusted that I knew what I was talking because I had done scouts and practice and all of that. And uh, so, of course, you got to command the huddle and all that. And you got some strong personalities, but you know, you got to say, hey, wait a minute, hold up. This is what we're going to do. And so, long story short, we won the game. All right. And uh, when I got to the locker room, they was like, yeah, you know, they're jumping all over you, congratulating you and all that. And Brian's like, yeah, I knew you were going to do it. And I said, coach, don't ever get kicked out the game again because I was like a nervous wreck. I knew I could do it. But until you do it, you don't know. 
But I'm glad yeah. we won. We came down from eight and the things I implemented and kind of with the help of the players, you know, hey, let's run this. Okay, let, that looks good. Okay, can you get on the block? Because they were leaving Atlanta because she couldn't really, she wasn't a great shooter. I said, A.B., every time they leave you, you cut right to the baskets. Candace going to find you. And sure enough, you know, Candace being the great passer that she is and very, you know, she can see everything even when she's not really looking. She can see behind her head because that's how good she is. Um, she would just drop those dimes to uh, A.B. and she would make layups. And that's how we came back. And it was very exciting. That was very exciting um, to say I was a head coach for 30 minutes. Yeah. When's your book coming out? I know. Somebody else asked me that. It's like, you should read cool stories. You can write a book. I said, nobody will read that. They was like, yes, they will. I would. You have great stories and you're great. You, you would write it yourself. You have, you, you have great storytelling. You, you're really good at telling stories. Yeah. So, yeah. I've, I've heard that. I don't know. I think sometimes I talk too long and I don't get to the point. People are like, get on with it. <laughs> no, this is good. So you, you coached at college and in the pro, what is the difference between coaching at the collegiate level and then versus professional? The professionals know what they're doing. It's like having a like in college, if you had a senior that stayed eight more years, they know what they're doing. Like at some point you don't have to really, it's not a lot of do this, do that. They know what to do. You just have to make sure they're doing it within the context of what you, you know, cause they have a lot more voice in the pros cause they're grownups. Okay. They got families. There's no uh, curfews, and and they'll just say, "See you tomorrow." In the pros, hey, meet you at the airport. You know, y'all coming to dinner? No, I'm going with my friends. You, you, they grown. They going doing whatever they want to do. In college, you know, it's curfew. It's be on the bus. It's, it's somebody's child. You got teenagers to 22 year. You got 18 to 22 year olds. It ain't just go wherever you want, and, and you got to make sure they get on the plane. The pros, they might take a different flight. They ain't come back with the team. We just need to know that so we ain't, we ain't looking for you. But it's not like you can't go. You know, Candace, mother, you know, they going with their, you know, wives and husbands and all kinds of stuff, you know. So that's the biggest difference. You're not babysitting. Uh, these people are grown. That's how they make their, that's their job. Now, we say that in college, it's your job, but not really. Not really. It is, but not in the context of you feeding your family. You, you're you not feeding your family. Now, you hope to one day go and be able to play and feed your family, but that's not what you're doing in college. But that's what you're doing in the pros. You're feeding your family because this is your full-time job. So that's the difference. That's the biggest difference. I was at Stanford for, for reunion, and mm -hmm. I went to watch a practice, and I couldn't believe how much they didn't run. Right. This looks so easy. I mean, so easy. I was yeah. like, I don't know if I'm sounding old saying this, but I, we had it so much harder. Well, we like, had the young tar. You know, we had the we had the fresh off the Olympics. You know, like we had the USA basketball tar, the, the, the doggone. We had the 40 year old tar. They got the 60, 70, yeah. 70 68 year old tar, whatever she is. You know, I can't, I can't remember I how old she is. is. So you run out of gas. I mean, you know, you're going to be like that with your grandkids when Victor and Joseph bring those kids around. You, they're going to be like, like candy. Mom, are you serious right now? Um, so anyway, yeah, they, they, I don't know if you can run kids like we did back in the day. We were a track team. I was like, we, we are here on the track. Like, yeah, we're dying out here. But when and we pool, pool, pool work, them six o'clock in the mornings, I remember getting on those scooters, getting down to the pool. Remember holding I, didn't the water I didn't know how to swim. You didn't? No. You could have drowned. Exactly. 
but I just thought I could. Remember? <laughs> I was a little engine that thought I could. Some things you need training in. I'm sorry. <laughs> but my idiotic self in the deep end, no life vest. Just I could tread water, though. I knew how to keep myself up. And I, I pride myself on not panicking. Now, I just took swim lessons about six months ago. Okay. And I was more scared taking lessons because I realized I could have drowned all them times. I just jumped in the deep end and didn't know what the heck I was doing because I learned the right way to swim, the breathing and the in and out and the push to breathe and all that, the techniques. And I was more nervous learning and I'd never been afraid of water, but because I was learning the right way, I was like, oh my God, you could actually drown if you don't know what you're doing. Mm. So anyway, let's get back to the basketball. But I just thought that was very interesting. But um yeah, we had the young tar. We had the we had to push us till we die tar. And staff. Them staff members were there too. Amy and all of us there. Julie played, all of them, CJ, all of them. Um, but I appreciate that because when I became a coach and I tried to implement some of those things, not all of them, um, the players I coached, they have the same stories that I had. Oh, okay. And you tried to kill us. We were, I, that was the best shape I have been in my life. Like I hear those comments and, and I could say the same thing back when we played. Yeah. It was a reason why we went to all them final fours and won championships. Cause we could just outlast people. We could outlast them. And fatigue makes a fool of everybody. And if you hadn't trained your body and your mind to go to them limits and the wall, the wall, whatever that, cause it was a new wall every time. You got to go to the wall. Um, when we got in those hard games, we didn't bat our eyes twice because we just we had to put in the work. And we knew in our hearts that the other team did not. So there was no way, unless you caught us on a bad day, we just weren't hitting our shots because some people did beat us. They had no business beating us. Mm, I don't want to talk about that Colorado game. Yeah, yeah we, we're not going to talk about them Purdue people that sat on our rims. We ain't going to talk about them. But I bet you after we played them them next years when we saw them and, and to this day, when we think about some of them teams, it's still we gonna beat them. Like, yeah, it's still there. We didn't forget. We were we were not forgetting those times. But that was all because we were pushed to those walls and those limits. And not always to the good. I'm not gonna say it was always to the good. <laughs> oh, we definitely overtrained. We definitely the shin splints, the 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 the, the 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 stress fractures. The, the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was intense. It was a lot, but we did benefit some from some of that. We did, we did. We beat people up and down the court, and we beat them like rag dolls, and it was fun. We beat them like we stole something. It was. <laughs> <laughs> we beat them people by. You know, we would beat people. We were taking people's souls. You know, we were. We were snatching souls out there, bro, and there was nothing they could do. And you could see the despair on their faces. Yeah, I know that's harsh, but it was fun back then because you was like, "It's nothing you can do. Give it up." But we, but we weren't. We weren't like we weren't mean with it. We weren't arrogant we with it. We weren't. I, I will say we, but we knew that they didn't work as hard. We. It was like I will put my life that you didn't do what we did, so we didn't give it up easy, right? We went. It was no quit. We were going to die out there trying to win them games. And many did get hurt trying to do it. <laughs> many got still got the scars of the injuries. Many are still oh, yeah. upset. Many are still mad that people was made to play when they weren't 100% out here. We weren't 100. We were not 100. But, you know, it. we can look back and say, oh, 
we are uh, some of that was crazy but that's the memories we got you know what's what's the craziest workout you remember i remember the fart licks in the um stadium those when you had to run up the hill up the bleachers mm-hmm. around and, and backpedal and then sprint the the corner and then i remember those was i after that Val, you had to be. Val, you had to be. I must have suppressed it. You you put that in a uh, in a box and put that away. Yeah. I'm gonna have to bubble that up. I'm gonna have to show you what that was because we was at that stadium. The track runs were were mentally you were afraid. The morning before them track runs, you had to go to the bathroom. You 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 had that. <laughs> you just you was you knew it was gonna be bad. And the one workout where Molly Goodenbauer. One of our best runs. You know she could run for days, Val. You knew this. When she was looking crazy and tired, I knew I didn't have a chance. <laughs> I knew yeah. it was done for me. I, I was like, life is done. I'm done. And we were doing 100-yard sprints. And people were literally falling out. It was hot. We had on grays. I'll never forget it. Nikki Civilian can tell you this. Because we were hanging on to each other. We was like, I'm not going to make it. She was like, I'm not going to make it either. I'm not going to make it. Our lives flashed in front of our faces because I think we didn't we didn't meet the standard, whatever that was, and it was high. People were making their times. People yeah, were pushing times. Guards this time. Post yeah, players this yeah, time. Yeah, you had to get them times. And when you didn't get it, they were gonna make sure you understood that that wasn't acceptable. <laughs> and then another time, I remember doing the final four runs. You remember the final fours, Val? See, I I repressed. Football field now. You go to twenty five back to the front, seventy five back, fifty back. You knew them. Uh, um, Fernando was out there. We was you. Oh, you Fernando, remember, yeah. Val, you remember them final fours and gassers, Val? The 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 width of the field. Come on, Val. You remember yes, that? I remember. I also remember pool workouts, holding a jug of water over my head. Yeah, the um in sweats and yes, and yes. sweating water. Yes. And the water coming out on your face, you couldn't breathe, you couldn't. I mean, it was torture. Like, they would go to jail for doing them workouts today. Yes, they would. They'd be canceled. Yeah. Cancel culture would have gotten there. It would be child abuse. It would be, people would be going to the NCAA and the the AD's office if they did them workouts we did. And that is no lie. That is, I I was a head coach in, in 11 to 16. We talking about workouts from 90. We did our workouts in 93, 94. I couldn't do them workouts with them kids. And I pushed them to the limit. They did, they did find a four. They if you ask my Wisconsin children, they'd be like, oh yeah, we know what those are. We know we called them big tens because we were in the big ten. But it was them, we called them big tens. And when I tell you they remember them big tens, they were like, oh my God. <laughs> but I said, y'all, this is what we did to win a national championship. So if you want to win, this is what we got to do. But I didn't, we, we I don't know if we did pool workouts, but it was a lot of that because I knew it worked. And they said that was the best shape they'd ever been in in their lives. Mm. That, that was, And it was true. It got you in shape. But getting there was a mountain to climb. It truly was. Oh, I do want to talk about get your butt in the gym. Yeah. And so it's all relevant because I had, um, I had people that weren't even athletes calling me. When it first came out, it went viral, which I didn't realize. My phone was just pinging. One. It woke me up. And somebody said, you going viral? I'm like, where? What? What did I say? What? Did I, I thought I was in trouble. Like, what What did I say? Oh, my God. And it's so the press conference last night. It's all over the place. And I mean, people wanted to interview me. It didn't go like Nash. It, well, it kind of did because the Washington Post wrote about it. The 
it was in papers. It was in stuff. Um, I didn't get called by, you know, the morning news or, you know, Good Morning America and nobody like that. But in the sports world, man, people were retweeting it, even outside of the sports world. I mean, it has been retweeted so many times. I've been on, somebody did a meme between me and um, Island Iverson when he was saying practice. Oh, practice. And yeah. then they would cut in my voice and say, get your butt in practice. It was hilarious. I have to send it to you, about it. Somebody did a mashup and sent it to me. I had no idea. So it, it took on a life of its own. Um, and that's kind of what I'm known by. Because uh, people say, yeah, you the one that did the video. Like people tell me that, that I don't even know. So if I'm going to say something in public, you want it to be something like that that's positive. And very few, you know, some people try to say, well, you got fired. So what do you know? And I'm like, well, again, you didn't get hired. So chew on that. <laughs> so that video uh, gave me the opportunity to, um, I was talking about not wanting to coach anymore. That's what we're talking about and kind of getting out of that business. Um, but I had the opportunity to coach the little ones. I like the little ones because they're still excited. They don't know what they're doing. It's a lot more that don't know how to play than the little ones that really are skilled and really. So my program, um, I, I, I partnered with a guy in Australia. Um, he has Billy Bounce. It's called Billy Bounce. And it, it's for kids that have zero understanding of basketball. Zero. No no experience. We don't play any games uh, up and down, play any like competitive basketball. Mm -hmm. games. It's all skill and learning. And what I do is I teach them the lines on the court. Have you ever been taught the lines on the court when you were coming up? Did anybody teach no, you? Well, that's the first thing I do when I when I teach basketball. We, we, we do a, a basketball um, tour, a court or something. I forget yeah, a court tour. Yeah, let's tour the court. And what I do is I, I have it at the end. I say, okay, quiz time. And I'll, I say, okay, where is the baseline? And they don't know. And then I say, well, where's the end line? Because that's the same thing, right? Because some coaches say baseline, some coaches say inline. So if kids don't know, they look around at their friends and they just run where they run. I say, okay, well, here's the base. You know, I'll tell them where things are. And then I say, quiz time. I say, run to the baseline. There's two of them. You know, the court is either, either in. And they'll be looking around and they'll run, you know. And I say, okay, good job, good job. Where's the sideline? There's two of them. You know, where's the free throw line? Where's the jump circle? You have to, because kids, when they're watching with their parents, and they watching March Madness, they'll understand what they're watching. So we, I'm going to move into our um, rapid fire. It's just quick questions. Okay. Don't think about it. Okay. First question is, I'm going to judge you on this though. Okay. Salt, right. salt or sugar in your grits? Salt. I'm from yes. Georgia. I'm, I don't put sugar in. That's that's cream of wheat. That's okay. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> All right. Next question: Does pineapple does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Exactly. <laughs> Who was your high school celebrity crush? Crush? Yeah. Um, high school celebrity crush. Probably Dominique. Well, yeah, mine too. Yeah. I thought he was fun. He was just, I thought he was handsome. I thought he was, he was obviously a great basketball player. I did, and I could get to him because he was in Atlanta. I could, I felt like I could. And I met him, right? I didn't meet Dr. J to you know college, but I met Dominique as a as a seventh grader. So I really liked him, and he was very nice. Oh, yeah. 
Do you have and and what? and I tweeted something and he liked it. Oh, I feel like a seventh grader all over again. Oh, <laughs> and I took a screenshot. I was like, oh, oh show me, show me. Yeah, I had to show it to you. I have to send it to you. Uh, what is a hidden talent that you have? A hidden talent? I don't have one, Val. I don't think I have one. I don't do, I don't play any instruments. I don't, I don't juggle. I don't tumble. I think you're funny. But it ain't hidden. That's true. Because if you're laughing, that means I said something that you like. <laughs> That's true. All um, right. Yeah, I don't know if I have a hidden talent because I'm an open book. I don't know. Maybe it's swimming. Yeah, well, maybe it's now because I know how. Yeah. Candy corn, nope or dope? Candy corn is a nope. Oh. Even though I do eat it, I will nibble on it if it's there, but I'm not going to go buy it. Okay. All right. If it's there, <laughs> I'm not gonna if, it's go there buy it. if it's there, I, I, don't, I don't say, ooh, I don't like that because it's just a big ball of sugar. Coated it sugar. Is. That's all it is. sugar. I like candy corn. You like candy corn? I, do. I wouldn't buy it. I, I, I'm not going to go to the store and buy candy corn. But if I it's there, I'll eat it. I didn't realize how many people don't like it. No, I, I don't say I wouldn't like I don't. I don't dislike it. I, I'm not going to go buy it, though. You can go out of your way. If I never ate it again, I'd be fine. If you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one. Can I say a group of, do I have to say a specific dish or can I say a type of food? Okay, I'll take a type of food. Italian. Italian, all right, yeah, that's good. Because soul food is too heavy. <laughs> Even though I love it. What person, dead or alive, would you sit down and have coffee with? Ooh, that's a good one too, dead or alive. Mm. That I would have coffee with? It's so many interesting people. I know. It's so many fascinating. I, I'd be fascinated by just a regular person. Like, if you tell me you're like, I'm fascinated. I'm like, man, that is so cool. Um, that are like, you know what? I would love to talk to like an ancestor, like somebody that was alive at a time where, but they helped me get here, right? If they didn't do a certain thing, I may not exist. Oh, I see. That would be interesting. How they made it to, because we all got it. You know, we all made it. We sitting here because somebody made a decision to do something that helped us to be alive, right? So people that had to, you know, as far back, not as not the bad part of slavery, but just how to, I love an overcomer. I love somebody that just pushed through, man. I just, it was tough, but I, I, I was determined to get there. I think those old those people in those times, man, they 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 are our man. If we don't understand how much they did and was put put up with, wow. So it wouldn't be a specific. I mean, if I had to say a celebrity, oh, you know who I would I would love to talk to. Shirley Chisholm. Really? Because I saw a documentary, and I just think she was so tough, man. She didn't let people run over her, man. She was. I mean, she was giving people the business and they couldn't do nothing about it because this woman was, she just, she had a spirit and a, just a, a toughness. I love, I love, I love, she's one of my people. I, I'm like, if I could ever just, how did you do it? You know, because I think she's just, she was tough. Very tough. 
If you were a pro wrestler, what would your theme song be that you enter to? Um, I had one the other day, I thought, because I do think about these things <laughs> randomly, randomly. And I did think about my, I was like, ooh, I could come in. If I walked in, I would be like, this would be playing. Um, what was that song? It was one that I heard and I was like, oh, that'd be a good theme. So I really literally thought about that the other day and I can't remember what song it was, but it probably might be. Oh, you know what I was listening to? I was watching Ray and because I'm from Georgia, I'm a, you know, I'm a peach through and through, but not the Ray Charles version. It's a it's a rap version of Georgia, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And somebody kind of rapped over it and made that little hook. I forget what song it is. I'm sure the teenagers could tell us. You could walk into that. Um, it was. Dun, 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 dun. It had that. Uh, it had that. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike. What's the? What's the? Uh, what's the pinky? Uh, uh, what's that? Um, what's the movie? Um, with the guy. Uh, he puts his pinky to his mouth. What's that movie? Oh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. It had that theme. Dun, 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 dun. But it's a rap. I, I'm gonna have to think about it. But it has that Georgia, the, the little Ray Charles part in the beginning. So that would be my song because I'm from Georgia. I wish I knew the name of it. Maybe you can play it when you do your edits. I gotta find it. Yeah. Tell me. Oh, who is your favorite cartoon character? Back in the day, it was Tom and Jerry. I used to love some Tom and Jerry. I would come home from school, get my little hot dog and my little sandwich and chips and a drink, and I'd just sit down and watch Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Bugs Bunny is right up there too. I love yeah. Bugs. I liked um, Inspector Gadget. I, I watched that. I was a little bit older when, but I'm as far back as I can remember. Um, Tom and Jerry and Bugs Bunny were my favorites. Charlie Brown was in there too with the specials. You know that he'd have. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving special, Christmas special. You know, you didn't miss those, and you watch them a thousand times. What is your go-to karaoke song? Karaoke song. My go-to karaoke song is anything that I think I can hit the notes on. <laughs> you know, I think I can sing. You know, I can hold a tune, but I'll be trying to do them runs. Let me see. Probably um, like a Prince song. You know, because he has some good ones. So Michael J. Any Michael J. I think I can. I can pull those off. I don't have a specific one. Maybe um, I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't know because I, I I love them all. If I can pretend like I'm singing the real version, I just be out here trying. Versatile. I try. I have fun with it though. It's all fun. Okay, what song makes you dance like no one is watching? Um, what song makes me dance like nobody's watching? Um, what do I, cause I, you know, I bust out at any moment. Um, you know, me and my sister, you, <laughs> um, Janet Jackson, one of them like control or uh -huh. you know, any, any of them Janet Jackson yeah. ones. Cause she had some slick beats back in, you know, she had some, she had some cuts. She's one of the first concerts I ever went to. Because she could dance, right? Like I would say Mary J, but Mary J's not a dancer. Like I would say the kids nowadays would say Beyonce, like they, they doing all her dances, all her stuff. Cause she dances and sings. Now Mary got her one move, you know. She got her one move, <laughs> but Janet out here got choreographed. You know, she, back in the day, she she was out here dancing. Yeah, she was all Beyonce in terms of dancing. Yeah, performing. Per, yeah, she's a performer or performing. 
she was out here. So anything with, you know, pleasure principle, control, uh, any of them fast ones, you know, you you just popping and locking, you you getting it. Or well, Michael Jackson too, he had some cuts too. I mean, you dancing like a fool, you know, so. Last question, who do you think is the greatest female basketball player of all time? Mm, again, it's debate, we all gonna be debating. But the best one I've seen up close, because I was a practice player for this team, and, and my I, one of my basketball on the females, like I just felt she just was cold. Nobody could you can't you can't dispute it because when basketball in the leagues were first starting, this person was it had to be Teresa Edwards. Like I, I always say that I'm like y'all y'all can say Tarasi all y'all want to. Like she was a player coach, AB like I in person she would take over to get other than maybe cynthia cooper who was uh, a beast too five times i mean these ladies were playing i i i just i'm a debate all day but to me teresa edwards to me to me so before we go yeah. do you have anything that you want to promote or plug well get your butt in the gym is still out here it's still relevant. Uh, I, I've done some, I've made it a platform, to be honest. Um, my job right now takes up a lot of my time, but I am going to get back to um, training. How can we find you online? Yeah, I, I have I have handles. I don't do much with Instagram, but I do have Twitter. It's uh, G-Y-B-I-T-G, get your butt in the gym, just the letters.com. That's my website. And uh I did my website myself. It's out there. I'm proud of that because I learned WordPress and what would cost me probably six or seven thousand dollars. I did it on my own time and my own way. Um, yeah, just my camps and and training and making sure that kids are taught the right way and they're not disenchanted with overzealous coaches doing too much too soon. Yes, yes, and and they're gaining the confidence. To know that they're learning it's no comparison that's the thief of joy we all at our different levels but we're here to learn and that's why i don't do any playing i don't do any up and down we guarding each other it's it's straight learning well, bk thank you so much for spending so much time with me and taking time out of your day yeah, I had a great time. We should be strangers. Love my Val. I, I have always looked up to you, Val. I just thought you were just not only because of your basketball, but your personality. You're just you're just a nice person. You're just oh, a very sweet, loving person. You care about everybody, um, and you don't always get that, and you didn't always get that in return. Um, and I thought people didn't really understand you. I didn't think people understood your uniqueness in, in who you were when I was there. I, not everybody, but I thought that you just needed to be understood in who you were and not try to change you and make you something else. And that's the beauty of why you are such a funny person today. People don't know that because they don't know you in that way, but I'm glad that you, I admire you because you, you would try to do things and come out your comfort zone. You would. Even if it was scary, and I knew you were like, "Oh, I don't know," but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. Thank you. you know? And so I'm, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing because I think it's hilarious. I, I laugh. I just, I'm like, this girl's a nut. <laughs> but because we were dorm mates, I, I could see that side of you, so it wasn't surprising to me. 
well, people that didn't take the time to get to know you and really get past some of the, you know, she's shy. She never, I'm like, well, she ain't that shy. Y'all just don't know. She's not that shy, but you were your own person. So I, I'm glad that the kids, uh, the ones that really value, even the boys, you know, I know you got boys too that you talk to, but they can look to a black woman that has done it and want them to experience those things in a positive way and just be a good teammate and be fierce. <laughs>